0: Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to episode number 166 of This Week in Marvel, the final episode of the podcast for 2014. I'm Ryan Penagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, and I'm joined by
1: Marvel.com senior editor Ben Morse. I am live on location from scenic New Jersey, where I live. Uh, We were going to record this episode today from the mighty marvel headquarters in new york where ryan is but i had a little something come up so we're still bringing it to you guys as we always do but if there's any jump in sound quality that's the explanation today uh ryan i'm really i I liked what you did there with the fake out with the swerve i've
0: been thinking about that for a couple days it was like i'm gonna make people think it's the last episode this is it
1: this is it um i understand intern alex is there with you hey everyone how's it going no, oh, totally not worth it. Um, thank you, Alex. <laughs> I haven't seen Alex in weeks. Yeah. I, I assume his beard is like down to his knees.
0: I actually shaved
1: it. Ugh. It was looking really good. Why'd you do that? Uh, holidays, family, girlfriend yelled at me. So that's fun. fair. You got a girlfriend? Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Had one for a couple of years, but thank you. Okay, <laughs>
1: cool. So that's not what people are here to uh, listen to. So we've got. Kind of a cool, fun little episode today. Um, only two comics came out, and we're going to talk about both of them. But they're both big, huge. Yeah, they're both like in their own different ways huge. And then we'll run down everything that came out. And then we've got a uh, two URC, so it should be a quick little one. But this is uh, New years Day. It's this is actually historic because we're recording this in 2014, but it's going to go up in 2015.
0: Right, like time travel and stuff.
1: So we're actually crossing the threshold of time and space to bring you this final, it's not, a, you know what, you weren't even right, it's not the final episode of 2014, it's the first episode of 2015. Damn it! Yeah, so your whole opening was for naught.
0: Well, it's it was a... still fun.
1: Yeah, it was fun. It's the final episode we're recording in 2014.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's good enough for me. It works for me too. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's just dive into it. I, which, yep. bo- which book do you want to start with, Ben? We've got so many. Well, I mean, I guess we should go in alphabetical
1: order. I guess to, since that's the best that... way to sort all these books.
0: And that's the way we do it every week. So, yeah, no, that makes sense, too. Might as well. Right? Um, since we didn't sort and figure out, I'll start with all new Miracle Man. I,
1: you know what? Since there's only two books, I figure we both just chime in on everything.
0: Yeah. Uh, all new Miracle Man annual number one. Now this one is super cool. Uh, you've got two stories in here. One is The Priest and the Dragon mm-hmm. uh, by Grant Morrison. and so
1: Scottish as you did.
0: Grant Morrison yeah. mm-hmm. and Joe Quesada uh, with colors by Richard Eisenoff. And the second one is The Miracle Man Family, uh, seriously miraculous by <laughs> Peter Milligan and Mike and Laura Allred. Um Getting to uh, the Morrison and Casada story first, this just it blows my mind that we were able to do this. Like, right. Grant wrote this story in 1984, and yeah. and you get you can get this backstory in the book, but it's you know it's something that's just super cool. It's like Grant Morrison, one of the greatest comic writers probably of all time. Mm. He uh, you know for us he did Marvel Boy and New X Men and and you know it's just incredible, dude. He wrote this story uh probably at the height of what Miracle Man was doing. You know you had the original writer doing his story, having already done his stories, and then um uh Neil Gaiman come on and do um his stuff and so Grant in nineteen eighty four wrote this story as he was you know just starting to you know come up in comics he was probably i have to I, i'm not positive about his timeline but it's probably around the time he was doing 2000 AD stuff
1: yeah um, that makes sense I, I don't think he he definitely hadn't crossed over into the u.s yet no so he was definitely doing uk stuff which would yeah be like 2000 AD. i think he was doing like zenith and that sort of thing
0: yeah. does that sound right sure i don't even yeah. know what zenith is i want to yeah. read it though yeah um so he wrote the story, and it's it's a cool tale. It's um, you know it stars uh, Billy Bates, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's I, it's set. I was trying to wrap my head, try to remember the time frames of everything. So yeah. it's set in 1966, which you know is part of is part of the story because of the way they dress and sort of the atmosphere of things, um, and, and it's given a lot of context uh, in the script and in the notes um, that we get in the back. But it's it's super cool. It's about a priest and, you know, walking in, in on this beach and yep. encounters Billy Bates, not once, but twice. Yep. And, <laughs> two very different encounters with him. Yeah, I mean, the cool thing for me is just... I'm sorry, I mean, Johnny Bates, not Billy Bates. Johnny Bates.
1: Billy Bates is his is, brother who actually doesn't young. get
0: a lot of... Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's,
1: he's, he's young, awesome. No, there actually is no Billy Bates. There what? Why did you let me do that then? Because Who's Billy I thought, Bates? I thought you know. I believe that you are pulling in the name Billy from the character who many think uh, Miracle Man is inspired by.
0: Oh right, right,
1: right. I think you got a little confused, which happens from time to time. It's the holidays; you got a lot going on. But no, it's Johnny Bates, Kid Miracle Man. So
0: many super powered white dudes. I can't yeah, keep exactly. Track it's hard to keep track.
1: Um, the coolest thing for me here is just to open up a Miracle Man comic. And see Joe Casada's very modern, very refined art style. Um, Miracle Man, great art throughout, um, you know, from the likes of Mark Buckingham and Gary Leach and all of those guys. But just the fact that this story, which, as you said, was written, you know, over 30 years ago, um, is rendered by Joe using all his modern tools, Richard Eisenhoff doing all the coloring. Uh, so just a monumental fact that this is, a, this is a new Miracle Man story. Uh, it's the first one in decades. It's the first new addition to this incredibly epic, huge pantheon of stuff. And it's a key moment. It's, it's only a few pages long, but it basically... It's our first glimpse of Kid Miracle Man in between the older Miracle Man stuff, which we'll cover in a sec, and when he shows up in Miracle Man as a villain. Uh, it's a very poignant moment. It, it, you know, it's a, it's, it's a snapshot of who this guy is. Grant does a great job kind of encapsulating it. But for me, just the hugeness of how big Miracle Man is as a work to comics as a whole. And to see this new story with modern coloring techniques, with modern penciling, modern inking. Uh, it's just, it's huge. It's, it's, it deals like a big part of comics history. And it's a great story. Um, it's haunting and terrifying. And one of those things where where you think, and this is kind of Miracle Man to a T, where you think one thing is going to happen and everything's going to turn out okay and you know the good guys win and everything else, it could not be further from the truth. Something terrible happens. Um, and that's Miracle Man. That's, that's what the original writer and his artist did, creating this story that, was one of the first, it's kind of commonplace today, but one of the first that really looked at, you know, if these stories took place in a more real setting, how would they end? Probably not so well, and it does it here, and, you know, just the art is great, and the writing is great, and everything's great, but more to me than anything else about the story, it just struck me how, how historic it is that we're reading a new Miracle Man story done in 2014, even if the writing is from a different era it holds up and every other trapping is modern. So I'm just rambling, but it's, it's a
0: big moment. Yeah. We also, we can't sleep on the, um, the title page, uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that Joe put together, uh, which is like in a Storenko Neil Adams style with the, the title of the story, uh, as part of the landscape, Mm -hmm. uh, where it's, you know, the October incident, 1966, super, so cool. Like, yeah. Looking at that was yeah. was awesome. Everything about that story is, is just ridiculous. To you
1: great. should probably say that uh, Chris Eliopoulos did the lettering because he's the type of person who would get upset if he didn't.
0: And Chris did do the lettering. Yes, he mm-hmm. did. He's yeah. in Disney World right now. He's he's not paying any attention. He'll anymore. find out eventually. He will. He will. Uh, but our second story is The Miracle Man Family uh, by uh, the All Reds and Peter Milligan. Mm-hmm. and uh, The team that brought you ecstatics. Yeah. And it, it's it's very cool because it it does another one of those things where it you think it's gonna go one way and it goes another and then it goes another way after that mm-hmm. and so it, it's really set in the the concepts that you're used to if you know the Miracle Man um, characters mm-hmm. from when they were done by Mick Anglo so it's really set in that sort of universe but there's a, there's hints and there's sort of this glimmer of that underlying strangeness and weirdness yeah. and, and super cool modern storytelling that we would get um, from the latter Miracle Man stories. It's awesome.
1: Right. It's like if you've been reading the Miracle Man stuff we've been putting out where, you know, we'll do the backup stories of the Mick stuff. This is almost like that. And, of course, you know, the roads are perfect for this because they have that retro timeless art style where they can make it look like it came from the 1940s, but with a polish, um, and Peter Milligan is a very smart writer. So you, it's like you're reading one of those, but like with a little almost director's commentary running on the side. Because if you know the story of Miracle Man, and if you don't know it, you should go and read it. And we've been publishing it for the last year, so you have ample opportunity to go check it out. Um, these Anglo stories, there's, there's another dimension to them because there's something else going on that you don't find out about until the later stories, So it is kind of cool. Just like the Morrison-Casada story presents a chapter of Kid Miracle Man that we've never seen, this is also big in that it's the first time we get to see, for lack of a better term, the Anglo-verse, but through the lens of us knowing what it really is. And, you know, we're dancing around a little because on the off chance you haven't read the modern Miracle Man stuff, you don't want to say... You know what's really going on, but it's an accomplishment, just as much of an accomplishment as you know what Joe and Grant do in the first story. This them writing basically, and it's got to be a lot of fun for them writing a classic Miracle Man Golden Age story, but getting to invert it a little bit, which I think is what these guys and Lady do best. Um, if you look at kind of all their work, from Ecstatics to stuff that already done with has done with Madman and. A lot of the you know the vertigo stuff that that Peter's done, kind of picking apart concepts like this is what Miracle Man's about. But it's also what these creators are about. So, two really cool stories that do vastly important things. That I think you know when we do eventually get to new material in Miracle Man, which we have said is going to happen eventually. Um, these are these are huge additions to the to the canon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and for um, for when you get the issue, definitely check. Make sure you check out the back matter. You mm-hmm. get a lot of um, insight into the you know what went into the story, the thinking, uh, some of the context and and behind the scenes stuff, as well as an amazing photo of Grant Morrison from 1984. <laughs> Tremendous, and uh, he's all... so much
1: cooler than all of them.
0: <laughs> he really is, and uh, all of Joe's pencils, which just looking at that is crazy. Yeah.
1: Okay, so our other big release of this week, and it's a big one: uh, Shield number one, written by Mark Wade, art by Carlos Pacheco. Uh, as it says right on the cover, inspired by the hit TV series. Um, this is cool. You and I were talking about this yesterday. Um, I think, you know, we, we kind of knew something like this was coming from the minute Agents of Shield became a big deal. It was like, well, we got to do a Shield comic at some point. And, you know, the the get to doing a S.H.I.E.L.D. comic is that we can do bits of the TV series, you know, some of the stuff you love, the characters and all that, but we have an unlimited budget and we can do it in the Marvel Universe. What's cool for me, and there's a bunch of cool things that I want to talk about, is we get to see the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters that we know and love married to the Marvel Universe, not just in a small way, but in a huge way, just in these first... Three pages alone, uh, we get kind of a history of Phil Coulson. Um, and we see him growing up and loving Golden Age heroes. We see him writing down notes about the strengths of different heroes. We see him working at S.H.I.E.L.D. and talking about Omega Flight. And then I love this bit where he's captured and the way that he uh, keeps himself sane is to list off what X-Men joined the team in different orders. In, in what order. And then you got him at a poker night. But the point is, um, by the time we get to the action... Phil Coulson has just been made a commander in S.H.I.E.L.D., and right off the bat, big splash page, Surtur and a bunch of Asgardian demons are invading Earth. Phil Coulson is in charge of coordinating the efforts against it, and we just get a who's who, a cavalcade of Marvel heroes, like everyone, being coordinated by Coulson uh, to oppose this, and then he takes Agent Fitz, Agent Simmons, Agent May, and a couple of other cool guest stars to try and stem off the threat of what's really going on there's a bunch of big battles there's a bunch of uh planning on phil's part and this is a cool done in one idea of what shield is going to be as a comic but the big thing for me and ryan you may have you know senses as well is, is the cool thing for me is you know Coulson's this beloved character in the movies, in the TV shows. We've brought we've had him in the comics for a couple years now, and I think we've gotten some good stories out of him. But this is far and away the best Coulson story I've read. And the reason for that for in my mind is Mark Wade is Phil Coulson. Like Mark Wade, all the stuff Coulson does in here, all of this like he's taking notes on superheroes and he's figuring out who works where and he's, you know, plugging them all in. This is what Mark Wade does. Like, he's basically writing a big Marvel Universe story. So this is the perfect creative marriage to me of him being able to write a character who, this is probably like the character he was born to write. Uh, he gets all the cool little ticks of Fitz and Simmons and May and all of that. But really, reading Coulson and him strategizing and him moving heroes around like on a chessboard and... The, the dream of getting to see the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show with this budget. I mean, they really blow it out, too. Like, Carlos Pacheco makes sure, you know, okay, this, this, is, this, is how, this is a comics version of the show in that, you know, we're doing giant dragons and serpents and demons and all this other stuff. And we're throwing all the superheroes you can at it. It was, to me, I, it, was, it was perfect. This, this, was, this, was, this was a near-perfect comic to me. It, yeah. just, it was so fun.
0: I agree a thousand percent. It's ridiculous how much I enjoyed this and mm-hmm. how much time I spent on each page. Yeah, yeah like, so much detail. Yeah, I mean, look, Carlos Pacheco is one of, one of our favorite artists. I mean, mm-hmm. Avengers Forever was one of the first books we did for TWIM URC, and part of that was because his art has always been so good, and it works so well here, and everything you said about Colson and, and just all the little details, like mm-hmm. the tiny little bits that you pick up on each page from the art, from the dialogue, from the story, from the things that, you know, Mark is like, we got to make sure this gets in here. Yep. Uh, all those little things, the guest stars, everything made me like super excited and really uh, all of it was great. Like, do
1: you just get the sense though, that like Mark Wade has been, and Mark Wade's been in comics for a long time and it's amazing because he keeps getting better. Um, but do you get, just get the sense that like this character is like, he, he dre- it. it if, if this character hadn't, it's, it's crazy because the character was created for the movies and for TV, but it feels like this is the character that Mark Wade would create to basically be his avatar in the Marvel universe.
0: Totally. And he, and he's just so good. Yeah. Like this, I, this Coulson is the Coulson I've been waiting for. Yeah. I, lo- I loved cheese, but yeah. this is where I need him to be. And I think it right. also is really important for shield in the Marvel universe as an organization. Like it, they just feel like they're they've stepped up with mm-hmm. this to a, a different place, you know. They're you know they're in all the Avengers books and they're sort of omnipresent, but this gives them a tactile like you know place.
1: I agree. I agree. I think Shields one of those things that it's a concept. Literally, since it was introduced in the '60s, is a concept that it's kind of wherever it shows up, um, it, it is what you need it to be. Like, it's not necessarily, there's not a consistent portrayal, which is fine. It was more of a plot device. This gives it really, like, okay, now I get what S.H.I.E.L.D. is. The same way the TV show does. The same way there's, like, a clear sense of, okay, this is what S.H.I.E.L.D. is. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D., this is huge for S.H.I.E.L.D., and this can be huge for S.H.I.E.L.D., and I hope it will be. Um, And I just hope Mark, I, I, uh, I hope Mark can do this every issue, where he's just pulling guest stars and, doing fun facts I, I i go back to what i said but the the bit where he's in the cave and he's listening off uh x-men is just to me like that's awesome that's why we love colson and mark wade's giving him to us and what you said earlier about like you know how when he came into the came into the marvel comics universe he he was cheese and he was a great character and that was cool but yeah this feels like this feels like the colson from the movies and the tv show and but it Feels like he's naturally integrated into the Marvel universe. So, Damn. I don't know. I could rave about this all day. I loved this comic.
0: Totally. And I, you know, if anyone's going to be able to pull this off every month, it's going to be Mark. I,
1: I, I just, I got the sense from reading it that he is having a blast. This seems like I'm so glad he got this gig and this opportunity because I think he's going to have so much fun with it. It's the opportunity for him to use all these trivia nuggets that he knows. Like, the way they defeat the villain, you can totally see, like, that's a Mark Wade thing. That's a thing where he would think, like, oh, yeah, no, if you're going to have a villain who has these powers and I have availability to X amount of heroes in the Marvel Universe, this is how I would do it. Because Mark Wade is the super fan. He's us um, when we think about, like, you know, who's stronger, Hulk or Thing. And he'll answer those questions. He now has a book to do it. I'm I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that this book exists, Ryan.
0: Yeah. Also, think about it this way. It's kind of like uh, Avengers Alliance in a sense. Like, oh my god, it totally is. Because like you're you're looking at the board and you're picking out. Okay, who do I need to use to get this particular thing done at one time? And then right. this person's over here, and you know your agent in the game is working with Coulson and Shield and everything. And mm-hmm. but. It, I mean, all, like I was thinking about that I was like oh man it's kind of like Avengers Alliance in this. Yeah. That's a great that's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: like it was like okay I need two tacticians on this team. So
0: <laughs> who do I get? Like the moment where Coulson pulls out the two people from right. who are on his field team directly with him, I was right. just like it, was, it just made me so happy.
1: It's so cool. Yeah, I mean basically without giving too much away, they have to go and fight a guy with a giant sword and so he says, "Okay, who are the two best sword heroes in the Marvel Universe and then he goes and recruits them. Yep. But that's just so cool. It's just so it's so wonderfully geeky. Yeah. This is such a lovable like when I heard we were releasing two books this week and one was gonna be friggin' Miracle Man Annual with Grant Morrison and Joe Casada and Peter Milligan and Mike Allred doing the first new Miracle Man stories in, you know, forever. I was kinda like, oh man, that that's gonna be it's a lot for S.H.I.E.L.D. to live up to, to be the second book. And I was so happy that it just, it just knocked it out of the park. And I cannot wait to see what Mark does. Tonight. And he's going to have a new artist every month. So, like, Carlos Pacheco killed it this time. But next month we have Humberto Ramos. And then the month after that we have Alan Davis. And it's just going to be a cavalcade. This, this, could, this could very quickly rocket to being one of my favorite series
0: ever. Agreed. And... Ever. <laughs> wow. That's bold. I, I just love it so much. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, right. the, the other bonus awesomeness, we get mm-hmm. even more Joe Cassada art uh, yes. in S.H.I.E.L.D. as he does some really fun backups uh, with Fitz. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty great. Speaking of Fitz, um,
1: when you and I, because this, this, these past couple weeks uh, are when we finally got our Marvel calendars for 2015, which, by the way, you can pick up at your local comic retailer. Um and you and I were talking and we both got the Colson cards. Now I got a second calendar, which Blake Harris was kind enough to go and get for me, and I got a Fitz card.
0: What I thought yeah. we, I thought the whole office got Colson's damn so it. So did
1: I. But no, I have a Fitz now. Wow. So you know, maybe we uh maybe we work out a trade.
0: I believe... Not for cards, but for money. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, okay, I believe the Sky one is harder to find... Super limited edition? ...than the rest. Yeah.
1: Is it a chase variant?
0: A, ch- a chase variant. I just
1: <laughs> I just like that term. Yes.
0: Um, so what, so anyways, what's the, what other comics we got this week?
1: That's it. That's it. That's it. Wow. I'm not even going to bother doing a Twim of the Week because they're both Twim of the Weeks. creed. Yeah, I mean, like you can't pick between that. Alex probably would, but don't let him off mute because he'll he'll. I feel like he'll say something bad.
0: Yeah, it would be bad news.
1: No, but uh, not only are those the only two comics on sale. uh, There's no collections on sale this week. What really? Yeah, that's it. I (laughs) exhaustively looked it up last night. It's confusing because we got huge stacks of stuff. But that's not because they're out this week. It's because um, our beloved. what, what is what is Fenton's position? I'm not going to say Fenton's last name, but... Lord of all the free comics. Quick shout out to Fenton, who is the guy who not only delivers our comics every week, but basically keeps Marvel organized and is also one of the nicest human beings on the planet.
0: Yeah, but, I believe uh, he also gets, you know, comics and comps to all the writers and the artists and everybody who, who needs to get comics. He's the guy. He's the caretaker of yes. all that.
1: I thank him for it every week. Um... And he just, I think he's, you know, taking some much-deserved time off, as he usually does at the end of the year. So he just loaded us up with, like, books for the next three weeks. But those trades are not for this week, because there are no trades this week. Well, then. Not only that, uh, in terms of digital comics on sale, you can read S.H.I.E.L.D. And that is it. (laughs) All-New Man Annual is not on the Marvel Comics app. So, But S.H.I.E.L.D. is super good. So, you're not getting ripped
0: off. Don't worry, guys. Save your money. You know, you buy your one comic that yep. uh, that you need if you're buying digital. You buy two comics if you're buying in print. Next week, you're going to have a whole lot. You've got oh, yeah. A new ep- new issue of Spider-Verse. Uh, we've got the f- three big number ones with Operation uh, Sin, with Ant-Man, with uh, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, and tons mm-hmm. more. So, yeah. you got, you'll go and get a lot of comics.
1: All right, but, all, but you know, if you are looking to get a little more this week, also available on the Marvel Comics app, we've got Amazing Spider-Man 144 through 155. We've got Avengers 377 through 399, so that's a huge gap filler. Uh, and we have Nation X, the limited series from 2009, 1 through 4.
0: Which one was Nation X?
1: Nation X was um, right after the Utopia. No, not after Utopia. I think it was after Messiah Complex. It was after one of those crossovers. Mm. Um, a lot of X it, stuff. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was all set on Utopia. It was just cool stories of X-Men. It was an anthology book. It was cool. I love I anthology those. books. Yep. And they did a lot of good X-Men anthology books um, around that time. Um, collections on the app this week. Uh, it's all X-Men all the time. It's astonishing X-Men North Star, X-Men Bizarre Love Triangle, X-Men Blood of Apocalypse, X-Men Day of the Atom, X-Men Decimation the Day After, X-Men Golgotha, X-Men Nation X, and X-Men The Curse is Broken. A lot of Peter Milligan X-Men in there. Humph. That's cool. A fun, uh, quirky little run that he did back in the mid-2000s. Wow. And guess what, Ryan? What's Uh, that? In terms of Marvel Unlimited this week, there were also no new comics.
0: <laughs> wow. I really? Guess, batting a thousand.
1: Yeah, I guess uh took... You know when I said Fenton took a well-deserved break? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. took a not-at-all-deserved break.
0: Oh, <laughs> Now, but, now.
1: No, I was talking to uh, to our good friend Mark Strom, who will not be on the podcast this week, um, yesterday, and for some reason out of nowhere, as he does, anytime Stromy does anything, it's out of nowhere. Anytime he asks me a question, uh, he just goes, hey, why are there no cable and X Force comics on uh on the Marvel app. And I'm like, I don't know. He goes, should I ask Jim to see this? I go, yeah, asked Jim to see this. He goes, ah, I'm gonna give him a talking to. I'm like, okay. And then he looked up the he looked up a solicit for like the one cable comic that's on Comixology, uh, which is like from the 90s series. And it had something to do with cable trying to look for a device called the Timex. And Stromy went into this whole thing about this came out in 1992. Did Timex watches not exist in 1992? Like, could we get away with this legally? And I just, I, I could not have cared less. And I did not want to have this conversation with him.
0: Wow. that's It, a, was,
1: it was terrible.
0: That's a whole lot of stuff.
1: I know, I know. And it's on IM. So I, I got to pretend I just had like a meeting or something, which <laughs> I didn't because it was a really slow day. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways.
0: All right. Uh, yeah. I think it's time for news, Ben.
1: Yeah, it is time for news. This is where we would normally go to Patrick and Stromy, but we gave them the week off. You gave them the week off last week, too, yeah? No. no. You did? They were on last week? Uh, oh, you mean from the podcast? Yeah, no. I know they were quote-unquote working.
0: Uh, let's see. Yeah, they weren't on the podcast. They were last. not on the podcast.
1: As far as I know. How did the podcast go last week? Swimmingly. It was you and Alex.
0: Yeah. I. I you know,
1: It was great. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, jesus um did you did you did you carry him like 1980s Ric flair
0: you better believe it i we went a full 60 minutes
1: alex Very was uh george south or the italian stallion
0: <laughs> oh man
1: it's a compliment alex don't worry about it um okay news this week a little Wait, light hold what? on
0: uh I was watching a Tuesday night Titans this weekend. Okay. Oh my God. They spent a lot of time on iron Mike Sharp. They sure did,
1: man. Like he's, a he's lot Canada's of time. greatest athlete. He did just, you know that?
0: I, I did not.
1: Did I, I didn't tell you something. Speaking of Canada and wrestling and we'll get to the comics and news and stuff in a sec guys. Don't worry. Um, I was at one of four Christmases that I went to this past week. And this was the one with my extended family. And I have my, one of my cousins married this nice girl, um, this nice Canadian girl. And I was talking to her and I did never, and, and I was talking about our trip to Vancouver. And she said, oh, I actually grew up a little bit in Vancouver. And it never occurred to me to really like find out where she was from in Canada. I was like, where'd you actually grow up in Canada? And she said, oh, I grew up in Calgary. And I was like, oh, cool. I didn't know anyone who grew up in Calgary. That's where the hearts are from and i didn't know if she would know anything about it so i said i was like um i said i was like you know i'm a big wrestling fan she's like oh yeah she's like she's like you want to know about the hearts and i'm like oh my god like did you did you know them or anything <laughs> she's like she's like yeah they're royalty in calgary um i was like really i was like did you know any of the hearts she goes yeah she goes owen hart was my substitute teacher
0: What?
1: when, I, when she was a kid um the
0: blue blazer and, was her substitute teacher
1: yeah she was like yeah Owen, oh, and my, my substitute teacher i only had him a few times and I, and I was pretty young but he was so nice and i remember all this And i was like ah that's crazy
0: what was, was he like, teaching
1: yeah. i th- i don't think it was like a specific subject because i think she was in like elementary school or something so i think he was just coming in and teaching you know general education
0: is that is that a thing know, go, in canada they just sure. have yeah hey, we're gonna teach you about everything eh I don't know,
1: yeah, because, I mean, like, when you're in elementary school, it's not like you have different teachers for different subjects. I didn't. I just had, like, you know, my, my teacher who taught us all the subjects. I don't know. How I, next time I talked to her, I, I got asked more because it was kind of like we were on our way out. And I was like, oh, my God, I've just hit this treasure trove <laughs> of information. But then she also, she's like, she's like, yeah, she's like when Stu died, like the whole town shut down. And it was such a sad day. And, I you know, I drove by the house. And I, I was just, I was, it blew my mind. That's fascinating. Um, So that was great. So I had to to share that, and I thought that was very cool.
0: Nice. Um,
1: But anyways, in news related to – we'll talk more wrestling in a second. Sure. Because we got to. But in news related to uh, Marvel stuff, not a lot this week. It's a light week. We're we're still in kind of like that holiday lull. Um, We're going to have some cool stuff going up this week. I actually have some cool listicles uh, planned for today and later in the week that should be up by the time this podcast goes. But the big comics news right now is that Marvel Unlimited is offering two months for the price of one. You can sign up for $9.99, and you can get your first two months for that price. You're basically getting a free month um, to Marvel Unlimited. This offer is good through January 4th. So if you're listening to this on January 1st, you basically got till Sunday to take advantage of this. And then after that, um, we go back to the normal, still reasonable, but not quite as awesome. Marvel Unlimited prices, so that's definitely something. If you got a little scratch from your uh, holidays, maybe uh, maybe you throw it towards Marvel Unlimited, or if you forgot to get someone a present, maybe you get them this.
0: Yes, uh, Dirty Lash asked if we had a, a yearly subscription deal going on right now. We do not, but this deal is so it's two months for ten bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a. Just about the same price right. as you would pay, you know, if you broke it down for the for the full year. Mm-hmm. So get your sample. If you like it, I would say go for the full year because it's cheaper than going for the nine ninety nine per month.
1: For sure, but just this saying. is a good way. Yeah, but if you don't have Marvel Limited now, this is a good way to sample it. Indeed, good way to see, test it out. So you like. I do have two pieces of gaming news, uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest, um, which I am slowly clawing my way back through and when I say slowly, I emphasize slowly, um, released a new Enemy of the State chapter. Now, what this means is it's a whole new story. Uh, It's based on Enemy of the State. Ben Chabala talked to Michael Servan and the folks over at D3 about it last week. The story should still be up on the game section, marvel.com, marvel.com slash games. Ben,
0: do you mean Enemy of the State, the one featuring Wolverine? The same. Wow. The same. The classic Mark Miller...
1: John Ramita Jr. story. So this is kind of like an adaptation of that.
0: Where he well, kills one of the slingers.
1: Yeah. That doesn't happen in Marvel Puzzle Quest. Oh. Because we don't have the slingers yet. Oh. But hopefully they can add the slingers so Wolverine can
0: kill them at some point. Yeah, time. we should be able to kill them everywhere. Yeah.
1: He killed Northstar
0: too. Yeah, but Northstar came back. Yeah, Northstar came back.
1: The slinger has not come back. Which, which slinger did he kill?
0: P- Fuzz Bucket. Fancy pants? I'm
1: going to figure this out. All right. So Ricochet is still alive because he's in the loners.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Dusk
1: is still alive just because I somehow weirdly know that. Um, and then I know Prodigy's alive because he was in Avengers The Initiative. So that means by process of elimination, it was Hornet.
0: Right. That's just what I said. Hornet is dead, guys.
1: And he's never coming back. But yeah, Enemy of the State is a thing in Marvel <laughs> Puzzle Quest now. Uh, kind of cool, thing is they, but they, besides just doing the story, all the Wolverine uh, costumes now have updated art, which is something they're going to start doing for all the characters. So where he's like, you know, it was one of the first characters added and he had very basic art. Now it has like very detailed, cool art, um, which is cool. I have Wolverine on my team and I like his cool new art.
0: Nice. So
1: that's that. Over in Avengers Alliance land... Um, I don't know if you've been playing Avengers Alliance regularly, but when I was on my hiatus uh, at my in-laws and at my parents, I had a lot of downtime to just kind of chill and catch up. There's so much you can do right now. I will literally bounce from, I'll do my daily mission uh, to get those hybrid lockboxes. Then I'll go and play PvP, which just started last week, and the, the reward hero is Nova, uh, Sam Alexander, and... Um, so I play my PvP, and then I'll jump over to the spec op for the Inhumans, where the reward hero is Crystal.
0: <laughs> it's um, like it's like the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. For I know, you. right?
1: Nova and Crystal, like my my <laughs> alpha and my omega. I teamed up with Crystal for the first time yesterday, and it was terrible.
0: I used gold, so I didn't have to team up with her because it was going to take me too long. Of course, you did. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you? So you're playing PvP. Have you purchased in the uh, the featured items, the limited edition weapons and such, there's something called, and this is a tip for all you Avengers Alliance players listening, uh, there's a weapon called the Weather Control Device. No, I've not even seen this. It is 64 gold, so it is expensive, but it is totally worth it. It has three actions, all of them quick actions. Mm. One of them... The one action heals everybody, so it's kind of like the the special cube thing. Yeah. But it it heals everybody. I'm still
1: using the cube like crazy. That's like my go to PvP thing.
0: I have them both on my uh. PvP team. So you have... It's a one of the attack... It has two attacks and one healing thing. The attacks, one of them is uh, uh, like a snow attack that causes mm. chilled, bleeding, and winded. Uh, yeah. Can't be dodged. Uh, Weather the other,
1: control device. I see it right yeah. I'm looking at it
0: right now. The fire tornado is the other one and that causes burning dizzy and exhausted and think about so like if you're facing a groot or you're facing uh sort of any anyone who can get multiple turns like friggin havoc in pvp you you put that on them they can't get their multiple turns they constantly taking the damage you can heal yourself It like Believe me, it is worth the sixty-four yeah. uh, gold. Get it I'm, now.
1: I'm looking at it right now. Uh, it expires January second, so that means you guys have until Friday to get it.
0: This is, that's my hot tip. I'm telling yeah, you, it's, that's a great tip. It's, I only have fifty-four gold. Oh goodness.
1: Um, but I just did request more gold for us yesterday.
0: Okay. Well, fingers S- crossed.
1: Sorry, sorry, normal users, but that that <laughs> is not an option for you.
0: Yeah, you, I mean, you could if you level up. 10 levels in the next you know two days sure. you can do it sure that's yeah cool. why not yeah
1: um right? but all right that's cool i like this avengers alliance strategy corner with agent m H&M. yeah, yeah. That's, that should uh, be a that's my thing is there movie and tv news that you can share on mark's behalf yeah.
0: there's nothing i can share no. yet um i mean there's stuff that's happened since last week not really i mean our shows are off for break right Uh, but we cast somebody we did we cast mike coulter Mm -hmm. right as uh luke cage in marvel's aka jessica jones series for netflix the only thing i know
1: about mike coulter uh besides the fact that my wife saw him in america horror story coven and said he was excellent um is that he went to south carolina because blake has told me about 85 times
0: ah very good yeah. Is, is he a gamecock? He
1: is a gamecock.
0: Oh, wow. So try he's, not to hold that against him. He's automatically Blake's best friend.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Um, also, as much as we dig on him, uh, Patrick and Mark have been very busy doing a lot of kind of year end roundup type thingies, uh, just kind of recapping the movies and TV stuff that happened this year. And it's all over the movie and TV sections of Marvel.com. And it's they're fun reads. Uh, they're the type of stuff I think you guys really enjoy. You know, they covered S.H.I.E.L.D. They did some Daredevil, Guardians of the Galaxy, Cap Winter Soldier, like everything. Everything that came out this year, they covered. So, shout out to those guys.
0: Yeah, they have been busy.
1: They've been doing work.
0: Yeah. Um, anything else? Games, what? Contest of Champions is still rolling along. Lots of still stuff. still rolling along. I uh,
1: am liaising with the people at Contest of Champions about uh, what is coming for January, February, and March. Uh, Spider-Man Unlimited is actually got... A, I was almost cursed. Um, it's got a ton of updates coming. Um, if you, Oh, yeah, I guess I, I didn't talk about... I don't know if you guys talked about this on the podcast last week, the Spider-Woman stuff, or uh,
0: not. I don't think so. Probably not.
1: So, Spider-Woman, Jessica Drew, I almost said Jessica Jones, Uh, Is getting a new costume in the comics uh, coming up later in the winter, but you can play as her in Spider-Man Unlimited using her new costume now. It has already debuted in the game, and there are going to be more debuts of both new characters and old characters coming up in Spider-Man Unlimited, so that's something to keep an eye on. And I am talking to a friend of yours this afternoon about doing some expanded Spider-Man Unlimited coverage.
0: Excellent. Yeah.
1: So look for that.
0: Very good. Uh, and for those who've been asking for the dancing Groot toy that dances to the music and all that good stuff, uh, Kid Designs have uh, put up the orders for uh, for that one at ekids.com, e-k-i-d-s.com. Uh, it should be up on Amazon and Walmart in the next couple weeks. Uh, but it's December, and it's, you know, getting ready to get it if you want it. It's, it's very cute, uh, yeah. and it's like 15 bucks, so it's not going to break any banks. Um, and it's what people have been asking for.
1: Yeah, we have some lying around the office.
0: Nope, you're thinking of the Funko ones.
1: Oh, these are different.
0: These are different. These ones actually move.
1: We gave a Funko one to Elizabeth Hendricks when she came in.
0: Well la did
1: And uh, did have we shared the story of John Moison and Elizabeth Henstridge on the air? Probably not.
0: I don't think so. I don't even know if I know this.
1: Okay, so John Moisen, editor of Shield. So kudos to John Moisen for producing a great comic book. Um, Elizabeth Henstridge randomly dropped in. That's a story in of itself that I don't even really want to get into. Because for those of
0: you of... who aren't aware, Elizabeth Henstridge, plays uh, Simmons. Gemma Simmons yeah. on Marvel's Agents of Shield.
1: Yes, so she stopped by a couple weeks ago um, under unique circumstances, which were kind of fun. She was in in the city. She's basically in the city doing something else, and she was in our building not to visit Marvel, and we ended up kind of running into her, and she came to visit Marvel for a bit, which was a lot of fun. Um, but we gave her a little dancing weird thing and we thought, specifically Blake thought, oh, it would be cool if we could get her a copy of S.H.I.E.L.D. number one, because her character is in it and is making her debut. Now, S.H.I.E.L.D. number one, we did not have copies of this yet, because it was a few weeks ago, but John Moisen, bless his little heart, we told him who was in the office and he got excited and he's like, cool, I'll, I'll, I'll print it out right now. So we went and used the color printer and he printed out a full, like, basically make ready of S.H.I.E.L.D. number one. Uh, he comes over. He gives it to Elizabeth. He gets a picture. He's very cordial. Everything's great. And um, afterwards, we're saying like, "Hey, man, thanks for doing that." And he goes, "Yeah." And he's like, kind of glum. Like, "What's what? Why? What's wrong with you?" He goes, "He goes. Oh, it's cool to meet the girl from Shield, but I thought you guys said the girl from uh, from Species was here."
0: Amazing. That'd
1: be Natasha and
0: Strange.
1: Oh, my God. He, for some reason, thought she was in the office and wanted a copy of S.H.I.E.L.D. number one.
0: I have heard this story, and it is still yep. amazing. It's still
1: a great story. Yeah. It's it's timeless. It's like a Christmas carol.
0: It is. Very much like that. We should tell yeah. the story every, uh, every December year. 30th. I agree. Yes. I agree. All right.
1: Before we get into TWIM URC, do you want to talk any wrestling?
0: Um, 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 um Yeah. Did you watch last night?
1: That's what I was going to say. Did you watch last night's episode of Raw?
0: Yeah. So – when I saw Daniel Bryan's tweet before the show started and I was like, all right, he's either going to retire or he's going to say he's coming back in the Rumble. Right. And I was like, you know what? He's going to come back in the Rumble. Right. Cuz like there was just it was too much hullabaloo. Like yes. they would have they would have positioned it differently. And mm-hmm. so I'm like he's going to come back and uh, so that was a nice moment. I got yep. I really enjoyed that. Now here's the thing. Is there any way, and this is
1: stepping outside a little bit into kind of like, you know, uh, you know, booking territory and stuff like that? That's what we do. Yeah. Is there any way somebody else wins the Royal Rumble besides Daniel Bryan now that he's in it and and the crowd doesn't just revolt, particularly in Philadelphia?
0: No way. He has to win it. If he yeah. doesn't win it, I don't even I don't I don't know. I don't know.
1: I if can't. Roman if Roman Reigns and I like Roman Reigns. If Roman Reigns wins the Roy- uh, wins a Royal Rumble that Daniel Bryan is involved in, that could destroy Roman Reigns' career.
0: Hundred percent. Here's how I see it breaking down. Yes. Cena beats Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Gets the title back. Yes. Uh, and that'll be before the uh, the yeah Rumble. that'll be before the Rumble match. Right. Rollins cashes in. Yep, I've or, heard this. Rollins gets the title. Yep. Daniel Bryan wins. Then it's, again, it's Daniel Bryan versus The Authority 2.0 going into WrestleMania. And you know what? I'm totally okay with that. Absolutely. I just don't know where they put Cena at that point. Or or Lesnar, or, you know, and I don't know what the hell they're doing with Roman Reigns now, putting him in that feud with Big Show. Uh, I think the
1: Reigns-Big Show thing will be, it'll be done. Like, either, I I think the Roman Reigns-Big Show thing will be done by the February pay-per-view. Um, I don't think that's going into WrestleMania. I I was puzzling it over in my head. I think there's, there's, a, there's a few ways they can go. I think the one thing we're not going to see is John Cena going to WrestleMania as champion. I think either if he wins it, like you said, I think he drops it to Rollins at the Rumble, or if Brock retains. I mean, honestly, as much as I love Seth Rollins, Brock Bryan is the match like, you want to see.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, they'd have to... It, it might not make as much, like, satisfying storyline sense. Um, just because he's not linked to the authority, and that's the whole thing. But just, like, uh, what a what a cool match that would be. Um, with Cena, I've heard Rusev might be the path. Huh. Uh, with Reigns... I mean, the thing is, if you do... If you do Daniel Bryan against... Rollins for the title, which I agree with you. I think that could be a very likely and sensible path. Um, then you've got Lesnar open. You've got Reigns open. I would say, I mean, they always talked about what's going to be Reigns-Lesnar for the title. I would just do do Reigns-Lesnar not for the title.
0: Yeah, I'd Put Reigns
1: over. You yeah. just do it as, you know, Lesnar's pissed off because he doesn't have a title anymore. Reigns is pissed off because he didn't win the Royal Rumble. All right, let's fight at WrestleMania. Hmm.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, there there are a lot of other guys though I don't know what they do with like I don't know what they do with Dean Ambrose, like he was super hot not too long ago.
0: Did you see the um? They have a com- they had a commercial for Thursday SmackDown.
1: It's Dean Ambrose's part is amazing. I
0: I, I almost rewound it to watch a friggin' commercial a second time because yep. it was so good.
1: Dean Ambrose is uh, that's the thing Dean Ambr- the two guys who are like the biggest wild cards for me right now are Ambrose and Ziggler because they're so yeah. hot right now. Yep. They can use much of. But the thing with Ziggler is, he could very easily, if they just give him the Intercontinental title, just as like his thing, like how they did with like Bret Hart, and Shawn Michaels, and Mr. Perfect and guys like that. I think that'd be totally fine. Like that's just like that becomes his division, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm I as much as I would love to see him as world champion. I don't know. Going into last night before Brian was back, I was like, oh, there's so many different ways they could go. They could go Reigns, which I don't think everyone would be totally psyched with. They could somehow work it so it's Ziggler Brock at Wrestlemania like that would be because it just seems like they're so behind him right now
0: I'd be kind of terrified for Ziggler
1: oh yeah I know he would probably hurt himself very badly oh my god he
0: would you know he's gonna sell and take these crazy bumps and I think it would just be too much
1: right right but I don't know man I'm I was talking to some friends last night and it was just it's crazy how much that one segment of Daniel Bryan is back like just flips everything because you're excited again because yeah. now it's like okay there this guy we care about more than anything is now back in the mix and there's so much potential for everything to get. it's just so funny because it's like we're back where we were a year ago
0: yeah I know. Where
1: it's like oh my god are they gonna are they gonna give daniel bryan a shot so that is that yeah on the matter of wrestling but i'm excited it's you know this is this is the best time of the year for wrestling
0: yeah. We're Royal getting Rumble into, to WrestleMania. We get Royal Rumble. We get... Uh, I like Elimination Chamber.
1: Well, that's too bad because it's not happening in February this year. What? Yeah, they took. They moved it.
0: To when?
1: It's in like the summer now. Because the basic... The, the, the... understanding was Elimination Chamber throws a monkey wrench in the build from uh, Rumble to Mania.
0: I buy that. That's fine.
1: Yeah. So there's like a generic just pay-per-view now uh it's, i think it's called fast lane
0: oh god i'm gonna throw up
1: it's a terrible name
0: but... <laughs> oh oh make it stop
1: yeah but it's it's
0: just you know what is extreme like, rules
1: extreme rules is still after me yeah oh, i don't after think Mania. they moved anything else around i hmm. think it's just i think it's just uh it'll probably be i like i imagine this will probably replace like battleground or something
0: maybe they can bring back saint valentine's day massacre
1: that'd be great One of the greatest titles of all time. (laughs) So good. Far and away. All right. We have uh, done our allotted wrestling time. So now it's time to swap over to TWIM URC, which I picked. Uh, It was X-Men As Guardian Wars, which you and I both read in the last couple days and found it to be a much longer read than we expected. I was like, oh, it's just two issues. This will be nice and easy. But number one. Each issue is 64 pages long.
0: No, you mean each issue is 9,000 pages long.
1: Well, what I was going to say is each issue is 64 pages long, and also each issue is written by Chris Claremont, which means there's a lot of words, and each issue is drawn by Art Adams, which means there's a lot of detail. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: So, it's a hugely long tome of stuff. All right, basic concept is, this was just kind of like a fun one-off thing they did back in the 80s around X-Men 200, where... It starts in New Mutant Special Edition number one, and Loki, who is pissed at the X Men um, because of another series, X Men Alpha Flight, which we did not read, um, but I think I'm going to go back and read anyways. Uh, he's pissed off because the X Men screwed with him back then. So, to get revenge, he kidnaps Storm, who is powerless at this point, and tries to turn her into the new Goddess of Thunder, give her all of Thor's powers, and kind of like use her as a weapon and a way to take over Asgard but she's with the new mutants. So he also ends up getting the new mutants uh, in Asgard and Enchantress is working with him and Enchantress messes with it. So the new mutants basically get scattered all across Asgard. So the coolest concept here and something Brian Bendis has said, this is one of his favorite stories and he borrowed aspects of it for the current all new X-Men arc is the idea of just seeing these different characters in different places doing different stuff. And the cool thing about Asgard and I feel like Claremont Uh, As much as Simonson and other people, you know, did so much, and Simonson was writing Thor at this time, and there's numerous references to it, uh, he really explored all of Asgard, and all of the neighboring realms, all of the nine realms, not just, you know, we usually just see Asgard, but, you know, in this case, like, Cannonball's with dwarves, and Magma is with elves, and Mirage is with the Valkyrie, and... We get to see every new mutant in a different... Like, like Warlock is in in hell for two seconds, which is actually a pretty funny scene. Um, And so the new mutants have to find each other and reunite and beat the Enchantress, and then that leads into the Uncanny X-Men Annual where they get the X-Men to come to Asgard, and now it becomes the X-Men and the new mutants teaming up to fight Loki and all of his Asgardian baddies, but there's also... You know, a lot of character stuff going on as as usual with Claremont in terms of does Storm want her powers back, even if it means you know aligning with Loki, and a lot of the new mutants go through the whole you know things are actually better in Asgard than they were on Earth. Maybe we want to stay here, and that's a that's a long running theme. Yeah, um, this is really much more of a new mutant story than an X Men story.
0: A hundred percent. I mean, and it it's great because like I know the new mutants, but I never really like read read them when I was younger. Um, so, like, I don't have as much of an affinity for these characters. Like, mm. um, Mirage and, um, uh, Moons, Danny Moonstar. Danny Moonstar is Mirage. Right, right. Shan, <laughs> what is Shan Koyman's? Karma. Karma, thank you. Yeah. Uh, like, or th- karma. See, especially those two. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really know them that well. And Magma, right. I'm like, I don't, I don't. Sure, like, Cypher, boom. I I know him pretty well. Warlock is amazing. Cannonball, of course, is a classic. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Sunspot is cool. Yeah, Magic, of course, you know, but, like, I'm sort of, like, learning a little bit about these characters here, and I thought that was super cool.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, the X-Men are kind of supporting characters by the time they come. It really is, like, a story about the new mutants, and, and there's, and like, a lot of big changes come out of it for them. Because Tani Moonstar becomes a Valkyrie, which ends up being a huge part of her character. And Wolfsbane falls in love for the first time. Um, and there would end up... I remember there was later New Mutants. I've never actually... It's, it's funny, because you've read the first appearance of Cable, right? Yeah. So in the first appearance of Cable, they're in Asgard again. The New Mutants are. I remember this vividly. They're like leaving Asgard, uh, where they've just gone for the second time. And a lot of the characters here are like they make cameo appearances so i've never actually read that story but i've read you know the first appearance of cable numerous times um but yeah there's a lot of big stuff that happens for the new mutants here and i kind of tell at this point that it felt like claremont was really falling in love with writing the new mutants because i think he had a lot more freedom i think you know as his run went on when he first started x-men he could basically do whatever he wanted with the x-men and that continued to a degree but at this point you know in the mid to late 80s, the X-Men are becoming a huge commercial success. So suddenly the New Mutants are the characters he has a little more freedom to tinker with so he can do stuff like, you know, what he did with Karma or, you know, the stuff with Cypher and Warlock. So he has a lot more room to explore. Was Um, Karma
0: always uh, a larger lady?
1: No, what happened here, and I knew this because I'd actually, the first time I read the story was in a New Mutants, one of those New Mutants classic trades. So, I got the story that came right before this. Uh, Karma got taken over by the Shadow King, uh, who was the villain in the story directly before this. Mm-hmm. And because the Shadow King is a big fat dude, he was like, well, if I'm going to live in this body, I'm going to be a big fat dude. So, he just <laughs> ate a ton of food and she got really fat.
0: Well... Amul Farouk, you once again proved to be one of the best villains we've ever. Yeah, exactly. He
1: was just like, I'm gonna make myself comfortable. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm gonna live in the lifestyle I am accustomed to, which involves getting huge and fat. Oh so my god, he did that. That's but, uh, yeah. There's just cool stuff, just like world building stuff here, just in terms of really exploring Asgard and Art Adams, just you know, at the height of his powers. Um, oh my Ter- god, Terry Austin inking. Imagine oh my God! As well, like the full the full team here. This is just some of the best art. This is art that you throw this out there today. It's as good as anything.
0: Yeah, and also you look at this, and this is what 87, 88, something like that. Yeah. And how much it affected like the crop of superstar artists that would oh, sure. come up in the next like so- several years, like Liefeld and and Lee and and all those Farland. guys. Yeah, McFarlane okay. taking the detail and taking. Like some of the ways they tell these stories and ah, it's just incredible. I got to say, I got to give a shout out in New Mutants special. There's a section where Wolfsbane, uh, when she first meets the, the Wolf Prince, yeah. uh, there's three giants chasing mm-hmm. after the Wolf Prince. Yes. One of them is totally Ed Grimley. Do you know who Ed Grimley is?
1: Uh, refresh my memory. Ed
0: Grimley is uh, the character that Martin Short played with the, the high waisted pants and the hair that okay, slicks yeah, yeah, yeah. up to a point. Yeah. Totally Ed Grimley. And I lost I lost it. I got well, so, that, I was so yeah. excited about that. That's
1: a very Claremont thing. He loves to like work in the pop culture stuff.
0: Oh my uh, god, it was uh, so good. But I don't know. It's like
1: I I like that this story I felt like and you know, I'm 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 curious how people who are not huge X Men fans would feel. I felt like there's so much going on in this story. If you're an X-Men fan, there's so many like little threads picking up. Like, like for example, the Cyclops and Rachel stuff, which is like a two-page little aside. Yeah. So it is like part of the ongoing X-Men thing. But I did feel like this was fairly, and this is a credit to Claremont and what he did. It was fairly accessible for a new reader. Um, and oh yeah, hundred percent. I know something, and we've talked about this in the past when we've done Claremont X-Men, Twimmy R.C.s, but it's evident here that. You know, something people, modern readers will bag on when they're reading Claremont stuff is like, oh, you know, he he has his tropes and he reiterates everything. But if I'm a new reader, he does a great job telling you exactly who these characters are, exactly what their situation is. And he does it pretty quickly. It's all in the first couple pages. Yeah. Um, but I thought he did a nice job of that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Ugh man yeah there's just so many cool things in here uh i am a little fascinated by like the skimpy bathing suits that they're wearing in the beginning i was like yes we
1: talked about this
0: off air yesterday calm down kids
1: yeah it's definitely and well (laughs) the thing more about it is it it's not the x-men it's the new mutants yeah so they're they're like
0: 16
1: yeah like Uh and, and 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 the funny thing is in some cases it makes sense it's like you know like like I feel like some of them are wearing very modern or uh, very modest bathing suits, but then magic's just like, hey, like I have a skimpy white bikini and like, it is what it is.
0: It it doesn't fully cover her. Like no. she's falling out of it. I'm like, why yeah. would you eat what's going on? And she
1: remains in it for the entire first
0: The whole story. Chapter. She is yeah. put in like chains and she's still rocking that little bathing suit. Yep. It's there's
1: definitely a lot of uh, sexy aspects of this story.
0: Uh, speaking of sexy aspects, one, we've got Cannonball, when he gets rescued. Oh, my God. He's basically, they wrap him up in, like, a, a, a diaper, yep. like a high-waisted, uh, just, it's amazing.
1: Well, that's the only thing you got to say is uh, this is, it's definitely equal opportunity. Oh, yeah. Uh, cheesecake and beefcake here, because Cannonball certainly probably has the skippiest outfit out of anyone. Totally. And Wolverine has a skippiest Oh my God. More. Wolverine. Pretty he's
0: fun. like, he's just wearing sort of like shoulder pads and mm-hmm. a lot like, of hair. So much hair everywhere. A lot of hair. Uh, Aside
1: on Cannonball. Cannonball is one of my favorite characters. And this story is a great example of why, because he's just one of the most purely good characters in the Marvel universe.
0: Yeah.
1: He's just a good dude. And he's like, just so centered. And I, I've always loved Cannonball.
0: Yeah. Going back to the sexy times, though. Yeah, uh, of course.
1: Sorry to the, get off it. Of.
0: Yeah. We've got Rain and uh, the Wolf Prince. And, nice. like, there's one part where he starts, like, nuzzling. Yeah. Her, he's, like, like, they start making out. He's, like, Whoa, I got to get out of here. But not only that, they're still, like, they're wolves. Yeah. they're Like, they're, they're wolves getting it on. They're naked wolf people. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're in their, like, middle zone. Yep. Oh, it's so great. I just – it's hilarious and funny and weird and – Yep. It's just terrific.
1: Yeah, there's yeah there's there's some stuff going on in this that <laughs> you probably would not see today. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of mind control, oh, so which is kind of a control. staple of Chris Claremont X Men comics. Um, and like you know, there's I love this stuff. Um, there's there's definitely there's definitely some things that if you read more than one comic from this era you're going to notice like a lot of phrases repeated and stuff like that and i know that stuff people dig into it but as i always say when we read this stuff like if you compare the pluses like the the additive properties to the that the little quibbles like all that claremont gave to the x-men in stories like this versus yeah he would use you know shadow cat says the same thing in like 12 stories it's it's no comparison he comes out ahead
0: yeah totally uh, do see something cool in the second part? Gordon on inks, Mike Mignola. Oh yeah, that was big, right? Super yep. cool. Yeah,
1: because I guess yeah, Mike was just uh just making his bones back then,
0: making his bones. Starting to get in there. Uh, speaking of making his bones, we got a a new person on the podcast. Oh okay.
2: Bones. <laughs>
0: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so, Stromy called because we have to go over some work stuff, and I said, yep. you know, why don't you join us for the last podcast that we're recording for the year, but the first podcast that people will hear in the new year.
1: Yeah, and since Stromy probably did not read this, it's the perfect time for him to join as we're about to go over the comments for this story he didn't read.
2: X-Men Asgardian Wars? Yeah. I read it when I was like 10.
1: Yeah. do you? How much do you remember it?
2: Uh, is half of it had art by Art Adams and the other half had art by Paul Smith. <laughs> nope. And nope.
1: Totally wrong.
2: What? What are we talking about then?
0: All by Art Adams. He's, I think, I think Stromi's thinking of the collected one that sure. we were, that, which is X-Men versus Alpha Flight. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah when, when it's collected, it it has the X-Men Alpha Flight main you're series right, by
1: Claremont right. and Smith.
0: We just did the Art Adams part.
1: Okay. Which is still like 120 pages.
0: Strami, how much do you like the uh, wolf on wolf action with Rain and the the wolf prince in Asgard?
1: That was always weird to me. <laughs> That's good. That's kind of refreshing to know.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm happy to hear that.
2: No, I don't know. It, it's always is it, is sort of like is weird and like that. I always thought it weird in like Greek mythology how like the gods were like always like chilling with like the you know mortals right. and like you know doing stuff and everything. I don't know. It's just weird. I don't know.
1: What does that have to do with the, with the wolf on wolf action?
2: Well, because isn't, isn't the wolf guy, he's a Nazgardian like God
1: thing, isn't he? Yeah, sure. But I think the, the larger thing is that uh, it's two wolves making love to each other.
2: Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that's weird too. I guess
1: you didn't notice that.
2: Part. <laughs> I mean, it's not really weird. I mean, that happens in nature all the time. So yeah, I, I guess I right. just defeated my point.
1: You have to, you have defeated to to your point. It, yeah. Well, if ever there was a time we actually needed Patrick on the podcast, I guess this is kind of his wheelhouse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things, lovin'. one of the things that I I was really I dug was towards the end, Wolverine gets poisoned, mm-hmm. and po- like at this point, Wolverine wasn't that nigh immortal. Well, I guess he was kind of he was getting close there, but he. He wasn't, he wasn't to the ridiculous levels yet. Yeah, and so like he had this poison, and he nearly died. Yep. Uh, which would have been crazy if they killed him up in Asgard. I actually, when Mirage
1: sees the death shadow... Oh, yeah. I, um, because Claremont was so meticulous and planned things so far in advance, I was wondering, and I was waiting to see if she would see it over the other X-Men, because I know Fall of the Mutants wasn't too, too long after this, so I was wondering if it was an allusion to that, because they all died during Fall of the Mutants. Oh. But it was not. She just thought he was dying because he got poisoned. Yes.
0: Um, yeah, so there's... good choice, Ben. I dug Thank this you. story. This Even is, this though it is... took me 12 hours to finish.
1: Well, that's on you, because you waited until literally the day before we had to record this. Yes.
2: Yeah, um, because wait, waiting until the day before actually makes the amount of time you have to spend reading it longer.
1: Well, if you spread out 12 hours over the course of 12 days, it doesn't seem as long, Mark.
2: Well, I guess.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, it was cool. It was kind of a random choice, but I'm glad we did. I think it was a nice one for the holidays. So let's see. Because
2: there's snow in it. There's lots
1: of snow. There is a lot of snow because they're in Asgard. So So much snow. So let's see what our listeners had to say. Of course, you guys can comment using the hashtag TWIMURC. Don DJ Fanko said uh, basically he he actually just shared the uh, X Men as a Guardian Ward's title pages specifically the one from New Mutants and these were beautiful that Art Adams did with who was the letterer on these Orzachowski? is or yeah what Stromi said Stromi got it right yeah so yeah Don Orzachowski.
2: Really... I love yeah. his lettering in those old ladies books.
1: Yeah, they do really good title pages, basically. It's just a a spread of, like, uh, for the new new Mutants, Wants a spread of storm fighting, but it's framed by this really cool title thing, saying home is where the heart is, and these Asgardian armors that'll later come into play, and you got dwarves unfurling the uh, credits. It's all really cool, so it's a nice little extra touch.
0: Yeah, Orza Orza Kowski is like the Chris Eliopoulos of his day.
1: Right, both great letters, both horrible names.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, let's see, we've got a couple from Penelope Cat. It's says says, uh, new TWIM URC selection of As Guardian Wars. I've been hoping for an Art Adam selection, and here one is. One of my favorite X-Men stories. Glad to uh, that you, you dug that, Penelope Cat. He says, no X-Men Alpha Flight on Unlimited, whatever. Going to resist the urge to read those chapters in the trade. Uh, you, you don't have to read, resist the urge if you got it. Read yep. it. Yeah. yeah. I oh, wish those I,
1: were on Unlimited.
0: I see. What he says after that is I want to see how accessible the story is without the Alpha Flight chapters. Right. Even though they should did, be. On. Did
2: the Alpha Flight chapters come before or after it?
0: Before, before because it's
1: uh, the whole plot of Loki um, messing with them is a response. Like him kidnapping Storm and everything is a response to him being pissed because they outwitted him in the Alpha Flight story. Oh, uh, okay.
0: Yes. Um, and then. Penelope Cat says, I haven't read the story in forever, but I was super excited about it back in the day. X-Men Alpha Flight brought together two of my favorite teams drawn by my favorite X-Men artists. Paul Smith's first issue Mm -hmm. was was also his first issue reading X-Men. A lot
1: of people love Paul Smith, and a lot of people, you know, he's one of the unheralded. Because he came in between, like, Byrne, Cockrum, Sylvester, Remita, Lee. And Paul Smith kind of gets lost, but he did some crucial great X-Men stories. His brood story Ugh. is one of my favorites.
0: You could put his stuff up against pretty much anything and it stands. Yep.
1: I know right no, le- no less than Brett White uh, considers him like his favorite X-Men artist. Yeah. No less.
0: No less. Uh, Penelope Cat says, having X-Men Alpha Flight lead into a big epic drawn entirely by Art Adams made it even better. He says, quote, passion is too long denied. Is Loki saying that Storm needs to get some, uh, action? Um... Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Loki Loki wants everybody to feel good. Well, much like most, uh,
1: <laughs> this is another thing we're talking about, you know, kind of like Claremont tropes. Uh, <laughs> every villain falls in love with Storm. <laughs> and by the end of this story, Loki is no exception. Fair enough. He definitely wants him some Storm.
0: Yeah. He says, is Cypher dealing with the Asgardians after Ilyana's spell goes astray or the cast of Popeye?" So there's, uh, as we were talking about earlier, they throw in a lot of pop culture things. Mm-hmm. There's one point where uh, I'd have to go back to see the specific like Popeye um, reference, but there's one where what's that comic strip with the the Viking guy? Hagar, you
1: know Hagar the horrible. Maybe
0: that's that one. Warlock yeah. basically, drew, you know. Yeah, it turns into him. Is amazing. That's his disguise. I loved it. It's awesome. Yeah, and look, and he said, he backs me up, and Wolfsbane has found Ed Grimley, Barbarian. <laughs> uh, oh, Claremont Adams, you scamps. Uh, he says, Query, had Longshot appeared anywhere except his own miniseries at this point?
2: Nope. I don't think so.
0: Really? Yeah. 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 And that was, was a... Warlock in that? No. What? I, was,
1: I think that was just a cool, fun little thing for Art Adams.
0: I lo- That is crazy.
1: Yeah, I think that was just kind of like a like a joke specifically for him because he drew Longshot.
0: And, and that's the funny part is like Warlock makes a comment is like, am I making a joke? Yeah. <laughs> well, because Longshot did his miniseries
1: and then he wouldn't show up again until um, the X-Men annual, I think the year after this, where he joined the X-Men. Gotcha.
0: Huh. And he says, and we catch up with Magma, with Gumby, because Art Adams does yep. – Awesome stuff.
1: Yeah, he just throws that in.
0: Yeah, he says Sunspot versus Volstag is hilarious. It's not really a versus. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it was it's a really challenge. Funny. It and, was very funny. Yeah, Sunspot like not <laughs> just being so cocky and then just walking around like ow 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 ow. Yep, I loved it. Uh, Penelope Cat says, I love the dwarf fire extinguisher. It's completely incongruous, but somehow also completely fits in.
1: This was one of my, when
0: I was reading it, one of my favorite things. Yeah.
1: That the dwarves have a fully functioning fire extinguisher.
0: And it's also slightly ornate. Yeah. Like dwarven.
1: Right. Well, it looks like it's made out of stone. Yeah. But it works, which makes sense because they're brilliant builders and inventors. So, of course, they can make a fire extinguisher. Yeah. And, of course, it's going to look like that.
0: He says, Sam's self-doubt and wanting someone to make decisions for him reminds us that these are just kids. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says, writing the New Mutants as kids and students, not just uh, just another X-team, is what made Claremont's run so effective. He says, New Mutant special doesn't wrap everything up, but it feels like a complete chapter of a bigger story. Very satisfying. That's yeah, great. if
1: you read just the first part, do you feel like you would have been okay?
0: Yeah, I would have been like, huh, that's cool. I wonder where those characters go after that, but I would have been... That would have made yeah. sense.
1: I think I definitely would have been like, "No, I need to read the next chapter."
0: Well, look at you. Yeah. Uh, Penelope Penelope Cat says, "I remember getting excited whenever I saw up-and-coming artist Art Adams on a book because he was so great. Now I get excited whenever I see Art Adams drawing a book because he doesn't do it nearly enough mm-hmm. anymore." Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 80s, I thought he was a fantastic artist, but he's gotten so much better now. New, New Mutant special is still great, though.
1: Even uh, even like back in the 80s, though, he was kind of like a special event artist. Yeah. Like Art Adams didn't do regular runs on books. He'd no, come I'm, in I'm, and do like X Men annuals and stuff.
2: I'm I'm pretty sure the longest thing he did in the 80s was the Longshot miniseries.
1: Right. Yeah. Even that, like, he would do a miniseries. I can't recall him ever being on a ongoing. No. I just don't like. He's just it, his style just doesn't
0: lend itself. Yeah, it, it takes too long, and it's you don't want him to rush something like that. Exactly. Uh, he says Art Adams draws the best warlock this side of Bill Sienkiewicz. He mm-hmm. said. Um, he says I thought Adams was great in the '80s. Bendis just tumbled a page from Guardians team up, and he's gotten so much better. Oh, that's right. He's doing yes. that. When does that come out, Ben? That is out in February, I think. Awesome. February or March. Cool. Penelope Gatt says, I love it when childhood greats like Walt Simonson, Art Adams, George Perez just keep getting better and better rather than yep. coasting. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, he says, I also remember a then-contemporary article on Amazing Heroes having to explain that art was no relation to mm. Neil Adams.
1: <laughs> That's the same as like when they always had to explain that uh, in the 90s is a joke that Jim Lee and Jay Lee weren't related to Stanley. <laughs> Uh, I remember that a lot. Yeah. That was a classic wizard joke.
0: Zing! Uh, he says, been focusing on a lot of the art, but Claremont's story is fantastic as well. He clearly establishes each character right up front.
1: Yep. That's what we were talking about earlier.
0: Yeah. Claremont also seems to get that Adams can draw anything thrown at him, so we get some pretty varied locations and situations. I mean, yeah, we get like seven, six of the nine realms. We get a ton of the nine realms in here, and yeah. it just flows so seamlessly.
1: I'm trying to think what we don't get. I mean, we don't get the place where Sir lives. Mm.
0: Yeah, because that was sort of just been done.
1: Yep, and I don't think we go to the Frost Giants realm. Right. But otherwise, we go everywhere. Gotcha. Uh,
0: In his intro to the trade paperback, Claremont says he had a lot of fun with the story, and it shows. We still get nice character bits as well. It says, compared to the new Mutant special, the X-Men annual cover looks very minimalist and traditional. Um, But that cover, wasn't that the riff on uh, the first Thor?
1: I think it was, yeah. Yeah. It was basically Storm as Thor. It was a cool homage.
0: Yeah. And and I I get it. It is a little bit more minimal, but uh, it's also an homage and and sort of caters. Sure.
1: And it was a chance for Adams to get to do two very cool but very different things.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Let's see what else we got. Almost there. Almost. (laughs) Yeah. Penelope Cat still got a couple more, he says. And Mike Mignola is listed as an inker so early in his career uh, he met him at a Rocket Raccoon signing back in, in the 80s. Wow. I just
1: love that there was a Rocket Raccoon signing.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> all the ballyhoo for that Yep. <laughs> 30 years ago. Uh, did Kitty and Ilyana always share a psychic link, or is that what sometimes happens with roomies?
1: I mean, I think it happens with a lot of roommates. but Thankfully, uh, it
0: never happened to me with any of mine, because that no, would have been neither. horrible.
1: No, me neither. But no, they they had... Yeah, it was a weird, like, myst- it was more a mystic psychic link that Ilyana set up once she got her powers. Uh, they just had some sort of bond. I mean, Mirage and uh, Wolfsbane have their psychic link, too. So there's a lot of psychic links here.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he quotes the book, could that black woman be Storm? Is, <laughs> is Madeline Pryor not seeing the same thing we are? Maybe she's seeing a <laughs> Bill Cabbage version.
1: Oh, Madeline Pryor. Yeah.
0: How long is this before Inferno? uh
1: quite uh, a bit yeah like three three or
2: four years at least
1: mm. yeah okay. stromy has got it because between this and inferno we still have mutant massacre fall of the mutants then inferno so consider so, yeah it goes we do one event a year it's at least like two or three years off
0: gotcha he says overall i think i enjoyed new mutant special more than the x-men annual it felt more character based which i prefer yeah uh, and he said wolverine dying Please, like that would ever happen it's yeah. yeah,
1: and finally from Ref Gamlin, not related to this, but related to our last <laughs> BBC, uh, has a picture of the collection for Cap no longer being Cap, which I believe we directly correctly identified as Captain America the Captain.
0: So there's that. Wow. So we got two of you who read this story this week. Good yeah. job.
1: And one of you who commented extensively. Thank you, Penelope Cat, not only for this, but for being probably the MVP of Twim URC this year. Wait,
0: Alex, did you check the Twim URCs today? Okay. Oh no, no. Okay. <laughs> All right.
1: So fearful for Alex there for a sec. Yeah.
0: Strami, are you gonna go back and read this now?
1: <laughs> well, I'll put it on my stack.
0: <laughs> oh my
1: God. Strami's stack is just immense stuff.
2: I I it's true. I don't have you know how like most people have like a uh, you know to read stack on like their uh nightstand or whatever yeah i actually have an entire book case that's my to read book case so
1: what's on your nightstand
2: uh we don't we don't we don't want to talk
0: about that yeah we should probably
1: talk about that off the air that's probably incriminating (laughs) okay fair (laughs) enough
0: yeah uh i didn't uh we the only news we talked about from your end was Mike Coulter. Is there anything else we missed in the last Although week?
1: I did give props to you and Patrick for all the great uh, listicles you've been doing for the past week. You
0: did?
2: You did. Yeah. You did. Yeah, we got a... Uh, my, my personal favorite was uh, Groot's top five lines from Guardians of the Galaxy, which yeah. Patrick put together. Um, yeah, yeah, Patrick's put together. Genius. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Um, I don't. But yeah, and we also put out the... Uh, 10 biggest moments from marvel's agents of shield yesterday and uh we've got some a couple new looks at agent carter coming up um when does this podcast go live Uh,
0: thursday the 1st of january 2015
2: all right well then as you're listening to this i can tell you you can see at least one new look at marvel's agent carter um and uh Maybe a couple more. But of course, we've got the two-hour series premiere.
0: Two when? hours! Woo wee! Oh, did we lose Strami? I think we just lost Strami, but we gained a Patrick.
2: You did. You did? I don't know if that's a fair trade-off. Though. <laughs> Holy
0: crap! What a what a all-star cavalcade of
1: stars we have today.
2: <laughs> it, it really is a cavalcade of stars. I just appeared from behind a curtain to fanfare.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like we're winding down the podcast, so this is the perfect time for Patrick to show up.
2: To really? I mean, had you not been winding down the podcast already, my appearance generally winds down any sort of conversation.
0: <laughs> uh, I think the reason we lost Strami is because at Marvel, we have really weird phone systems that don't actually have the like the number you're calling from, so uh, Patrick and Strami have the same... It comes up the same in the the Skype system, mm. so that's why Strami got kicked off. I was hoping to have all four of us on the show. That would have been nice as a nice, you know, little way to dive say into goodbye. the new year, yeah. say goodbye to 2014. It was, uh, it was, it was a great idea. It was a nice pipe dream. Wait a minute. Do we still have Alex? Unfortunately, well, we well, still have Alex, and I think we got Mark back.
2: Look, everyone, technology. Well we oh, we talking man. about?
0: Oh, we still have Patrick, too. <laughs> Merry Christmas Whoa. to one and all. God Whoa. bless us, everyone.
2: Well, wait, did I get cut off before I did the proper tune-in for Agent Carter?
1: Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. You want to do it
2: again? Marvel's Agent Carter, two-hour series premiere this Tuesday, 8, 7 central on ABC.
0: It's a two-hour premiere, which is going to be huge. And you know what? The best part of it is... I'm going to be on vacation, so I I won't be around to live tweet it with, uh, Adri or Strami, And that's actually not a good thing. I like doing that with you guys, but, um, have fun.
2: Are you taking a vacation Um. down to Tahiti?
0: Oh, it's a magical place.
2: Get it.
1: I got it. Good. I didn't get muted. I'm really legitimately not laughing
0: (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't find it funny. Oh, perfect. Um, Guys, thank you for a wonderful year. Yeah. Well, wait before we go, you got
1: to give us a new Tumi RC. Oh, right.
0: Right. Have you even thought about this? I did actually. Excellent. Um, and I was, part of me was going to say, ah, oh, we're not going to do one because it's going to be quite a number of weeks until we get to it. But I've chosen. Are mm. you ready? Yes. The Amazing Spider-Man, issues three fifty-four. Through 358, I believe, collecting the entire story. Of, oh no, 353. It starts the story of Round Robin, the <gasps> Sidekicks' Revenge. Yes, I was. I was, to, I was about to joke. I hope. I wish you
1: had done Round Robin, <laughs> the Sidekicks' Revenge, but you actually did Round Robin, the Sidekicks' Revenge. I did. Oh my God! This could be the greatest Swim URC of all time.
0: Mostly because I want to reread it.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I can't remember reading it in ages. This is perfect.
0: I was going through. I was like, oh, I could pick, you know, like a Venom storyline, something cool with art from uh, Larson or McFarlane. But I went. Screw back, it. Yeah, I went to what like I read as a kid first, which was the the later stuff. So love it, Stroma. You were gonna say.
2: No, I was just, I just going to say I loved it. As you were saying the numbers, I'm like, I am like, was about to say I hope that's the round robin storyline.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is the one of the seminal stories for when we were kids, so hopefully it holds up. It's got Nova and Nighthawk, uh, Darkhawk, Dark Hawk. I should say. Darkhawk, um, Night Thrasher? Night Thrasher. No, Night Thrasher's yeah. not in it. Moon, Moon. Knight's in Moon. it.
2: Moon Knight.
0: I, Mo- Moon Knight. <laughs> Moon Knight. Knight Thrasher. Dark Hawk. Nova. Punisher. Um, yeah. It's going to be a humdinger. It's going to be a happening. Yeah. This is going to
1: be a lot of fun. I'm very excited for this.
0: Yeah. And at that point, Nova was in Spider Man quite a lot around that time. Yeah. Who was writing it? Was it David Michelini? Uh, I believe so. No.
2: No. This was this was a six issue fill in by uh, Al Milgram,
1: I think, wasn't it? Oh, all right. Al Milgram wrote it? I think so, yeah. He used to write stuff, too. I didn't know that.
0: Uh, Stromi is correct. Al Milgram, guest writer.
1: Wow. Yeah, they were... Novo was getting a big push around then. Nice. He was
2: showing up. But but, uh, it is is the classic Mark Bagley art, who will still always be the definitive Spider-Man artist for me. Of course.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, guys. All right, that's it. That's it for 2014. That's it. What What do you hear?
2: It's, yeah. over? it's done before before we go i want to remind all our listeners uh to uh, remember drink their oval team is this is
1: this is this a joke from your part of the show
2: it yeah. is a joke from our part of the show patrick don't say the other joke from our part of the show we don't, we don't want to let
1: ben in on that yeah this is the first part i've ever heard your first time i've ever heard your part of the show
2: this is the first part. I. This is the first time I heard that we've had jokes in our part of the show.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> all right. Well, hope everyone had a safe and happy New Year, and 2015 is going to be even better than 2014.
0: It better be, or else we're all getting fired. Oh man. Yep. <laughs> probably, probably, just, probably just you, Patrick. Yeah. Oh
2: wait, is, is this your way of telling me I'm fired?
0: <laughs> well, not yet. Uh. On that note, this is Marvel your universe.